Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Uh, hello, welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby. On Joe, together with our friends at Guinness, we've got the professor uh, of rugby in these parts, budding rugby journalist I keep hearing on the shows that you've been doing with Baz. How's I've tricks? never been referred to as a professor of rugby. I like to, I like to make people feel very comfortable in yeah, the early no, parts of these I feel things. extremely comfortable now. Good. Thank and you. Away we go. You really put me at ease. Good. I'm obviously not Baz. I'm a, an imposter and a bit of a work experience kid. I think I've been sent over to sort of from London to see how we should be doing it in, the, uh, in these Dublin parts. I, it's been I'm going not well. Sure. That's very kind of you to say that, but it feels like um, in mini rugby, whenever the, the best player from the good team kind of comes over to, to our team yeah. and shows us how to do it. So well, thanks. There's too much love, I think. Thanks in the for the help. There's no, exactly. going to be no slag in here. No, no, gonna we'll be, be very sh- gentle. We'll, yeah. we'll get it going nicely. But um, I've been thrown about, Alex. I've had, You've had a lot of dance my, partners. Yeah, you? you're my third um, uh, step host in three weeks. Right. So People might begin to talk. Yeah. <laughs> a bit. Um, have we heard from Baz, actually, just before we, we dive into all things? How's he getting on down under? I'm trying not to keep in touch with him. Good. Because he's having such a good time. Yeah. Sickeningly good time. Uh, he's loving it. He was in Doha. He's in um, Australia, and uh, I just, I just, I'm looking forward to getting him back. Quite back right on the sofa. Yeah, exactly. Back to doing what he does best. And how are you? you I, I'm fascinated with what you were doing last night before we get into the rugby. Yeah, I was at Kevin Bridges last night. Yeah. So yeah, he's a, he's a pro. He was brilliant. He's uh, yeah, good stuff. Fairly, fairly derogatory. Fairly right. abusive. Um, good fun, good fun. Solid Sunday night humour. Yeah. Um, it is very nice to be here. And we've got a lot to talk about uh, on today's show. Obviously, a lot going on over the course of the weekend. We're going to be tucking into Ireland, who beat Argentina. Uh, obviously, losing Sean O'Brien and Robbie Henshaw in the warm-up, which is a huge shame. Um, the big question in these parts, as you will well know, is, is Conor Murray going to make a miraculous comeback uh, to face the All Blacks? And we'll be diving into all of those details. We're also going to be giving you details of a very special House of Rugby bonus episode. You've been busy. You've been catching up with the new BFFs forever. Uh, Brian O'Driscoll and Tana Umang. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that interview. Uh, and our first ever live show is this Wednesday, and you can watch it live. More on that a little bit later on uh, as well. But there is only one place to start, and we called you the professor, your oracle-itis, uh-huh. um, calling out Will Addison as your hot top tip for the weekend. Um, a, how pleased were you to see him go well? And B, what did you make of his performance in, in pretty trying circumstances? Yeah, yeah, tough. Uh, trying not just for the fact that uh, the Argentina were just coming up 100 miles an hour just looking to smash people left, right and centre and, and getting a lot of joy in that but having probably not had that much that many reps in the team in training just going straight in after the warm up and uh, I thought he did a really good job I think he did exactly the same kind of job he's been doing for Ulster yeah. um, I think he could equally slot in at 15 or 13 so he can contribute a bit there but we talked about how um, people just need to get a little bit of luck, you know, just just a little bit of a break early on, and that could be a little bit of luck. Obviously, it seems strange to call it luck. Obviously, Henshaw's, you know, hamstrings tightened up, but yeah. he gets it from his point of view, just gets um, gets the nod, and I think he took his opportunity. I thought he was really good. Did you ever have a, a circumstance in your career where you, where you were thrown in like that? With, I mean, I don't know how long you had. Yeah. What, half an hour's notice? How, did you ever have? And I'm fascinated what the psychology is like yeah. at having to switch on and play. 20 minutes after being told that this is it, you're on. I was saying, I'm going to contradict myself there because I was saying how it's actually quite difficult if you haven't had the prep. But in some ways, you skip all the nervous energy in match day. You're just, you're just, you're going as 24th man. You're kind of just going on as a spectator and you're kind of relaxed. You're looking out the window, looking at the supporters, the crowd, getting the boys up for it. And it's, and you're, you're just there. It's fine. It's enjoyable. There's no stress. And then you go in, so you skip all that. And by the time you're on the pitch, there's no stress en- stress energy anyway because you're yeah. already kind of distracted with the game. I've done that uh, just before the World Cup 2007. We were in Scotland playing a pre-World Cup friendly and I was running around with boys, um, tickets run around to the ticket office and really? catching up with supporters, you know, mum, dad and everyone. And then um, what happened? Shane Horgan went down injured. Yeah. Uh, in the warm-up and then I had to start warming up and then not, not only that I was on the bench and then I got brought in someone got injured 20 minutes in the game Was that the Jordan Murphy? Did he break his leg in that one? Was that before 03? No, I don't think it was Jordan No, it wasn't Jordan Murphy Oh, that was you're thinking, Jordan Murphy got done It got, That's uh, a World Cup warm-up game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it, I think that was Probables versus po- Possible Okay, right that Old school that Yeah, I was delving back into, into yeah. that Because the other thing I was thinking it's almost like the beat of the butterfly's wing isn't it? Like with he slipped going down in the warm-up pre- England last year, uh, and Marnie oh yes. comes on and ends up captaining the Lions 
four months later in the first test. I mean, it's, it's obviously a huge leap to make for someone like Will Addison, but do you feel he's taken his chance now and has sort of really given himself a proper shot in this in this squad? Yeah, I think so. And, and the thing about uh, Will, I, I have like a real affinity with him for some reason, even though I don't, I've never met him before, but just I feel like I've just been there watching Ulster as a, like a very close to the club. Yeah. Kind of there doing commentating and stuff. And I just feel like I've seen him come through and there's been a lot of chat about him and you can see him in his leadership role as well with Ulster I think there's a few young fellas there and he kind of takes them under his wing and he just looks like he's he's the one calling the shots and it's very similar to the way Jared Payne got on yeah. whenever he came in covering 15 covering 13 and he comes in and he just a backline runs smoother with Jared and a backline certainly runs smoother with Will as well um, I thought he looked really comfortable out there it just looks like he's kind of been there for years yeah. uh, I think Joe will love that love the way he slotted in just seamlessly um, a few other reflections on, on Saturday against Argentina. What did you make of the performance overall? What caught your eye and where needs a bit of polish? It was just a little bit rusty. I thought there was a few drop balls, um, a few penalties given away unnecessarily and uh, it's very, very unlike a, a Schmidt team to do both those, t- both those things. Yeah. The signature of, of a Joe Schmidt um, coach side is when they have the ball, they're stingy with it. They never yeah. cough it up. They get into the green zone, they score points. Uh, and there were elements of that and some of their phase play looked really slick it looks like it's just got the potential to turn the corner hopefully just in time next weekend for New Zealand but um, yeah definitely one or two things uh, just little things to tidy up on a couple of offloads just went for they just wouldn't be typical of of that kind of approach Um, a couple of drop balls in contact Um, yeah it was was strange to see that but this is a side that haven't played together since Australia Um, I don't know how many months ago now so I'd say they'll I'd say they'll sort all that out and they'll address that early on in the week and then they'll get ready for All Blacks. Okay, so we've given you credit, obviously, for your soothsayer tip, which was um, Will Addison. We're just going to start with a gentle loosener as we move things forward, uh, forwards. Um, your, your top tip this week, will Ireland beat the All Blacks? Uh, will they beat the All Blacks? <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot, yeah. nail you down. Uh, Can Ireland beat the All Blacks? I mean, <sighs> how, how do you see it coming in? The, the psychology's... Um, just shifted slightly. Once you beat them once, then it, it's always an opportunity or it's always the potential of beating them again. And I think, obviously, England, it just unraveled a little bit for England and yeah. they got they got chinned at the end. And that happens teams time and time again. It happened South Africa, it happened Ireland back in 2013. Yeah. And it just, I think it's the psychology of New Zealand and the team they're playing. If you're ahead... Um, just there's this kind of tendency just to tighten up they know they're probably going to get back into it because they're winners Ireland know England know whoever it is playing them know please just please keep doing what you're doing and if you don't keep doing what you're doing you're going to get you're going to get chinned yeah. and there's this it's just that fi- it's, it's the desperation for the final whistle is, uh-huh. it, is that something as a player that, that you sort of you, it manifests itself whilst playing it's kind of intuitive though if, if you're desperate for the final whistle then you kind of you turn it into a bit of a slog and you kind of yeah. shut up shop and if you do that it's game over if you just if you just put it out they get possession back if you you need to hold on to ball because yeah. if, you, if you just kick it back to them they'll, they'll, they'll um, put you under pressure with their their counter attack and they'll get back into it they'll get their tails up and then you'll see it from their body language oh no yeah <laughs> it's, it's happening again here we go again yeah and you just have to keep playing you just have to keep kind of doing what feels a little bit unnatural when you're playing the all blacks but that mindset i think it's just shifted a little bit ireland feel like they can play i think they tried to play a lot of rugby at the weekend maybe once or twice too much rugby but they'll need that mindset going into the all blacks game um, there was a few things about Ireland's phase play looked really, really sharp as well. They they looked like they've introduced this little circle circle pass. Um, typically, it's uh, you hit the middle forward and he kind of goes out the back to a back, and then they've got plays off that or that little Leinster play where um, where Sexton gets it on the wraparound, yeah. that kind of stuff. But they've just introduced this little circle ball, which allows the the back receiving that pass to stay really tucked because Argentina just looked like they were going to try and smash boys they just wanted yeah. to get up off the line Lavanini was ending boys um, Tag Furlong got hit really hard CJ Stander got hit hard these boys this never happens to them yeah. and then once they get in the, the wider channels then I think just it was really clever it was nice to see Ireland just staying talked looking after each other and then getting the edge the, yeah. the space on the edge and I think they're going to need that going into the All Blacks 
It's a brilliant answer. I'm not exactly sure that you've nailed your colours to the mast with the question, will I? I know, so we yeah. might come back to that yeah. a little bit later yeah. on. But there's obviously... Well, instead of answering your question, I'm going to ramble for yeah, 10 yeah, minutes. It's, it's okay? a well-worked tactic. <laughs> yeah. and it's one I've seen many times before. Um, but there is obviously a huge question in these parts um, surrounding Conor Murray, who... Uh, Will he play? Won't he play? Let's hear from Joe Schmidt on whether Ireland's number nine will be back in the starting lineup. There's no compulsion for him to push himself forward or, or to, to come out and try to force himself into the, into the frame uh, unless he's super comfortable because we've, we've got three guys. Uh, you know, Kieran Mami did a super job. Luke came off the, off the bench and did a good job. And John Cooney came off the bench last week and did a good job. So, you know, the, the window of opportunity for us is, is fantastic for those guys to to demonstrate they can cope at the level and at the same time, you know, Connor has uh, that incredible capacity to exit us well and, and to give us the tempo and, and width of pass that, that makes him a world-class player. So those other guys are building toward that and I think the best way to build toward it is to get put under pressure and, you know, in the cauldron of test match footy and try to survive. Well, interesting. Joe Schmidt obviously saying there that he thinks it's highly unlikely. Steve Hansen has come out subsequently and says he expects Murray to play. So mind games on both sides. And do you think it would be a wise decision to stick him straight in or having not played a lot of rugby, it's a gamble not worth taking? Anybody else, I would say it's it's probably not that wise. Um, just because it, just if you haven't been exposed to that kind of level of rugby and then just straight in the deep end against the All Blacks, it's going to be a big ask, even if he's fully fit. Um, but for Conor Murray, he's just so good and so talented, and he's, it's such an, a reassuring presence to have someone like Murray in the team. Maybe up until that, I was thinking, surely, surely, it, it can't be happening. And then Joe kind of seems to suggest um, that he's fit and he's good to go. And if he feels ready to go, almost yeah. like he'll be, he'll say. I mean, that's a ridiculous question to ask a player, though, isn't it? If you, feel, I mean, w- w- there's no way Murray would say no. For a game like this, yeah, is that the one? I presume that's the mentality, isn't it? I would have thought so, unless again, unless he's not right. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. It's one of those. But if if, if Joe Schmidt came to you and and said, "Are you good to go? It's New Zealand on Saturday," you'd tape up, take whatever you need to go, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I think he's saying that injury, like physically, he's fine. It's just he feels like he might not just be that sharp. Okay. I think that's what he's saying. We shall see. <laughs> anyway, so this discussion here is like we're confusing each other. Yeah. And Hansen's just gone, I'm not buying any of it. We think he's playing, okay. which I think is probably quite a sensible approach. We would, I remember talking last season, I can't remember specifically the game, but there is something about Irish rugby where players take a long break out, come back immediately and deliver immediately. And I, I'm fascinated to know what it is about the setup and the system that yeah. enables players to, st- a player to stick their boots back on and hit optimum form from the off whereas yeah, elsewhere it sort of mm-hmm. seems like it takes three four five games to get going again why is that yeah i know you see it you see that happen a lot um a good example of that was probably last season six nations um bundy Aki and uh, henshaw started yeah. in the center henshaw got injured then chris farrell came in chris farrell got injured and he played well straight away yeah and then gary ringrose came in having not played that's it was gary ringrose yeah it's, it, you're absolutely right. against scotland yeah and he looked so sharp but how, what is it about the system that enables that to be I think the case the, time and time the, again? The preparation's just so thorough. Yeah. I think Rory Best, another good example of that. Typically, he comes in and when he's in that environment, he thrives. And there's so much. Everybody's so thorough. Thorough. Everybody knows their role. Everybody knows exactly what they have to do to execute. And I think every, they just kind of it, it kind of breeds confidence in each other and breeds confidence in just real simplicity. I have to do this. And yeah. I'm going to rep it and rep it and rep it, and I'm going to execute. Yeah. And it's like kind of almost they know they're going to perform. They know exactly how, uh, what role they're going to execute rather than just hoping they turn up and kind of leaving it reliant on skill or re- reliant on ability. They just rehearse stuff meticulously. And it's, uh, it's it, they almost kind of create a science of performance rather than uh, like a superstitious, oh, I'm a match day. Let's let's see how we go. Yeah. That kind of approach. It certainly works, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's time and time again. You see guys coming in there and just thriving. Players get better under Joe Smith. Yeah. And teams get better. They keep performing. Should we pick through some of the, the, the good bits and the bad bits from uh, Saturday? I mean, first up, three three things that caught the eye. Real positives for you at the Aviva. Um, 
Uh, that little phase play, yeah. I think it's um, quite a positive. Um, I thought um, it, it just looks really sharp. I think just think it's really streetwise to to kind of hold your depth and keep tucked in and just um, just be able to cope with line speed and it frustrates um, defenses as well. So that's that's a positive and that's a, a real step up. I think that I haven't seen that before. Um, I thought um, center partnership went pretty well. Will yeah. Addison. Uh, a big impression I thought him and Bundy Key played well together Stockdale went well um, there's probably a few negatives as well in terms of obviously Sean O'Brien broken yeah. arm you've um, got to have a huge amount of sympathy for oh, him haven't you I think the whole stadium just groaned yeah. here we go because he's I say he's, he's so important oh, well actually it was a negative and a positive in a sense because Dan Levy strangely he was so good last season for Ireland so good yeah. we never would have found out how good he was had um, Van der Fleer not picked up that knock in Paris Yeah. then Dan Levy comes in and he was just incredible all the rest of the season and then somehow over the summer everybody starts talking about um, uh, Josh again everybody starts talking about Shawnee again rightly so because yep. they're incredible performers but then Dan Levy almost seems to have got forgotten a little bit by everybody apart from Joe he puts him on the bench he gets his opportunity and he was class off the bench yeah. he was brilliant he makes the team tick Would you start him on Saturday? Would you go back to Van der Fleer? Geordie Murphy potentially I mean where, yeah, there's so much talent in, yeah. in that area but where, where would you go on Saturday? We've, we've had this conversation a couple of times on the, on the podcast about second <coughs> row there's a bit of a debate second row, back row centres um, full back as well and we've sort of gone we got to the point where I think that I would go with him, but if you go with him, him or him, we're, we'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, exactly. You're picking from <laughs> we'll, riches, aren't we'll you? We'll be fine, yeah. yeah. They're only just like slightly differing levels of, of, of brilliant performance. So for me, Dan Levy, I think, is leading the way. He, I don't think he can be dropped after the way he played at the weekend. Yeah. Again, Josh van der Vleer, um could come in. He's been playing really well since he came back after his ACL with Leinster. He could come in and do a, a brilliant job. Jordy Murphy, same but uh, I think Dan Levy needs to play, probably. James Ryan, another guy who... And it was interesting, I was thinking on the plane on the way over, how Maratoje was very hyped from a young age and is sort of fighting to, to live up to it. Uh-huh. Whereas James Ryan watched a lot of him for sort of coming through for Leinster and Ireland under-20s, but sort of now seems to be overperforming yeah. relative to the sort of reputation that perhaps he was, um, he was given as a, a young age. I mean, hugely talented, but is he fighting his way towards one of the best second rows in the world right now? Retallick and, and um, Wylock are obviously probably in pole, but he's yeah. surely closing the gap. He's going the right direction, all right. Um, uh, again, second row, he needs to be playing well because there's so much competition yeah. there. Um, Tag Byrne went unbelievably well in Chicago against Italy. Um, Dev went well, shored up the line out of the weekend. Um, I thought Handy in Henderson went well too. Um, I think there's a lot of quality there. Again, it's another one of, um, listen, pick who you want will be grand in the second row yeah. Um, but yeah James Ryan he's just as you say the, the Mario Toji um, comparison is interesting and I think he's been really talked about and he, as you say he, he's talked about before the game and then he just seems to be fulfilling that potential yeah. um, which is as a young fella he seems to be kind of really developing that leadership as well uh, it's good to see yeah body ball I'd never heard that expression before. That's Joe. Not. That yeah, but that, oh, that's, that's that's the rolling etched, on the ground. That's etched in my head. Is it really? Volleyball, volleyball. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. It's fascinating. Though. Yeah. He, he seems to be pretty prolific at it. Um, just a couple of we we sort of touched on it earlier, but just a couple of perhaps n- not negatives, but areas that Joe will have popped into his notebook and said, right, we need a bit of extra polish on this this week. Um, uh, ex- oh, penalty count. Yeah, um, I think. It's just strange to see uh, an Irish side kind of give away so, penny, so many penalties. I don't know what the penalty count was, but it just looked like we were unnecessarily giving away the occasional soft penalty, um, and and just coughed, just coughed up the ball a little bit, yeah. a little bit ina- inaccurate. Um, defensively, I thought we were we were pretty sound. A few big, heavy Argentinian ball carriers. I think we looked reasonably sound. Uh, scrum was very good. Um, line out was, was, was fairly good as well at times um, it recovered well didn't it it did it recovered well yeah I think if if there was one or two scrums and one or two line outs where they got good ball and if they got access in their first phase yeah. then Ireland are chasing their tail Yeah. whereas if you kind of stem that either make the ball a little bit untidy as we did at a couple of scrums a couple of line outs then they don't get the ascendancy that first phase they don't get over the the, the gain line and then Argentina just got really narrow and then they just said right let's put it up in the air they they got a bit of joy there actually in the air yeah. as well talking of that um, Carney do we know if, whether he'll be fit or is he definitely out and I don't know I'm not sure he got him as much uh, there wasn't as much chat about him yeah. as there was about Murray um, 
Would you go if he is fit? Would you would you stick with Jordan Lama or would you bring back a man who has scored against the All Blacks before and it's just the rock at the back? I think I think he's he's the guy who's been there, done that um, before, and he's a guy. He's similar to, to Sexton and Murray. He's a guy who's you look around, you see Rob Carney in your team, especially in a big game like that. Yeah. And I think you'd be um, pretty relieved to, to have him out there. Well, from a man who was safe as houses at the back to a man who was pretty safe as houses at 10 as well. Coming up, we'll obviously debate a few more of the big selection debates ahead of the All Black game and we'll reveal our Made of More player of the weekend. But, as we were saying, earlier this month, Guinness announced their campaign, hashtag Answer Ireland's Call, in the presence of the Irish legend that is Mr Ronan O'Gara. Uh, we were delighted to have Rog, who dropped by for a chat, and he sat down with Pat McCarry. They got uh, started by chatting about Ronan's first ever game against the All Blacks. That was in Carisbrook, or the House of Pain, as it was then known, and that was back in 2002. Have a little listen to this. Yeah, it was unbelievably cold, I remember that. Mm. And uh, uh, John Alamo, God rest him, was playing. Yeah. I remember him coming at me plenty of times, <laughs> trying to hang on to his bootlaces. Um, but they had some um, unbelievable names in their team. Martins was out half. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, It was great, even back then, playing. I think We actually... Um, I didn't kick particularly well, because it was an opportunity we had. We actually changed up defensively that time. It was a bit of a kind of a, like an Andy Farrell special. Oh, really, yeah? Before its time, where we kind of left the last two attackers for New Zealand and just kind of went man on and mm-hmm. created problems for them. We couldn't win the game. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often over there, but it's the first test you do get a chance to beat them. Um, but I remember it obviously now for, I suppose, in hindsight and the fact that um, it was just John Alonu, Lomu and his pump and uh, mm-hmm. playing with a different ball, a yellow luminous ball, and there was sheets of ice on the ball. It was so cold, so if you were trying to kick the ball, you had to kind of kick through the 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 uh, kind of the ice leather that was forming on the ball. But um, that's only an excuse. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, a missed opportunity, but um, at the same time. Um, it's a great atmosphere in the House of Pain. Great, uh, great place to play rugby. Uh, and w- we ran them close, but um, back then it was probably a moral victory. And thankfully, we don't do them anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like and, and like I, I was looking back at some of them. And I actually was lucky enough to live over in New Zealand for a year, and it was the I just missed the Lions tour, but then was over there for. Um, I got there around September two thousand and five, but. Um, I remember Ireland played New Zealand and I'd moved in with a lot of Kiwi housemates and you, you probably know living over there as well they're, they're just so passionate about their rugby but they're very confident in their own team as well and Ireland were playing you guys were playing in Lansdowne Road against them and I think Trimble came in because Brian was still out maybe with the shoulder as well but um, that was a kind of tough day for Ireland I think it was 45 points to, or 40 points to 5 something like that that day yeah. but, um, it was a few days like that to be yeah, fair you know yeah. if they get more than uh, you know what I mean 10 points up on you then their game flows mm. the trick with New Zealand is you have to try and keep it in an arm wrestle for as long as you can and then because they're such good athletes and they have a lot of really power players that hopefully you can maybe question their decision making mm. uh, and get them into that kind of a, a tight scenario where they probably aren't as good as playing cup rugby as we are Yeah, yeah. but then you look at their record in the World Cups and it blows everything out of the water. So, mm. you know, I mean, they are the standard bearers. They're the model that everyone needs to look at and we need to admire what they do. But at the same time, has the gap closed? Yes, it most definitely has. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah, before we like move on from that, then the, the ones I kind of... I was at those two games in Hamilton in Auckland the year after, 2006. And then I was over lucky enough to go over then covering it as a journalist in 2012. And... Um, that was really close as well, that Christchurch game. Is, is that maybe the closest you guys have pushed them? Um, when they yeah, got the see, that's the thing. As I said, if you look at it accurately, there were plenty of chances to get mm. to get over the line and tiny margins yeah. decide these things. You look at that game in, in Christchurch and it was a very dubious penalty by, um, by Nigel Owen. Yeah. Correct, but probably because we didn't have the reputation that we had nowadays. If that was nowadays, it's probably a penalty to us, but... Back then, it was probably easier to penalise the weaker nation, and we were the weaker nation, then mm. rightly so. So, you know, that's what happens, and you just got to build up. And now Ireland are consistent that they're getting maybe the 50 50 decisions, and but you got to work to get them as well, yeah. and you got to be highly disciplined, which this current team is. And we weren't consistent enough, um, probably in a lot of um, 
parts of our game to to actually get over the line but as you see there's been gradual progression and Joe Schmidt has taken it to a new level and now I think Ireland can obviously think of beating this team. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, I suppose it's just that thing of where, again, we're saying where Barry was talking to, to Connor recently and he was just saying their whole way of beating them. And I remember reading, there was a good book uh, Donald McRae wrote, it, Winter Colours, and it was all about how South Africa managed to turn the All Blacks over in the late 90s, around that era when, when rugby had just first gone professional. And back then they'd realised you have to go out and score three or four tries against these guys because you're not going to, as you said, those arm wrestles and those decisions that don't go with you. Um, Ireland kind of figured that out as well. Is that the way they have to kind of maybe? Yeah, go but the game has changed. I think everything now. You know, I mean, there was a lot of low-scoring victories. Yeah, yeah. In the past, but you can realise now that you're going to have to score probably more than twenty points to beat them. Mm. New Zealand are good enough to score twenty points. Yeah. And the pitches and the way the, uh, the way it's refereed, it kind of favours the team in possession. Mm. So the way Ireland play, I think Ireland are so good around the rock and are so disciplined that they will score a lot of points. So it probably comes down to can they hold the kind of the wave of New Zealand attack mm. and by putting pressure on them, I think they can. And the Lions was probably uh, a big learning point for the, for New Zealand. I think they have a lot of respect for kind of how Northern Hemisphere teams defend, and um, it's uh, you know I mean there is definitely. Um, probably more opportunities now to beat them than there has been in the past. Is that a thing that like, Ireland seems to have done it? Maybe Joe has brought it in as well. It's it's the whole. I think maybe going back to 2013 when they scored, keeping the ball in play for two or three minutes straight as well. And Ireland seems to kind of revel in this now. But Ireland and New Zealand are the two countries in the world that seem to, around half-time, around the end of the game, they keep the ball in play. Is, is that a thing you like that they've added to their game? Yeah, well, I think that's what, you know, I mean... Um, Great sides do, you know, that those kind of championship minutes just before half time, mm. just after half time, the end of the game. You look at, you know, I mean, New Zealand um, against South Africa that, that just in the last game gone by, yeah. everyone presumed the game was over. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the game live and thinking, geez, I've never seen this before. South Africa could beat New Zealand by 20 points. Mm. And a dead rubber involving a New Zealand defeat, it seems crazy. Yeah. But they have the capacity to get back into games where they seem dead and buried, and they they play for that eighty first minute, eighty seventh minute, whatever is necessary. But I think that's a good team. In fact, that they kind of back their system and back their process as opposed to just chasing the result. And is that a thing that's like is it spoken about? You know, like you've been over there now for for a season with Crusaders. Is it a thing about that? Like, do they talk about that much? Keeping the yeah, ball in play? They would. Yeah, they'd. They would definitely. They talk about. Um, a lot of things, but obviously it's not rocket science what they're talking about. I think there's an awful lot of buy-in from the players. Mm-hmm. Big, big buy-in, which is probably underappreciated when you see what that and you understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So if there's a call made, it's, we're doing this, it's not, okay, let's have a look at this. You know, It's buy-in from the players to do it to the best of their capacity. And that's quite powerful when you're 15 fellas, I suppose, believing what... You know, I mean, twenty seconds to go that they can get the six points needed mm. to win the to win the game. There was, um, I remember, I think you were at a talk at the Aviva a couple of years ago, and you spoke about, um, I think it was maybe one of the first. You were, you were actually, you had the microphone, and you were actually hosting a talk, and then there was a Q and A afterwards. But you spoke really well about what you kind of had to do to separate yourself as an out half, and all the work you had to put in, and you were kind of saying there's many maybe Saturdays and Sundays with your family that you kind of missed out on in those early days where you had to kind of put that work in. I was kind of wondering in a way, is that why you're kind of going off to places like France and New Zealand? You're you're getting to live your life a little bit now? I don't know. I've never thought about it like that. I just think if you want to succeed at the highest level, you got to be, you have to make sacrifices. Mm. So that's something I learned going on that 2001 tour from Johnny Wilkinson, I think, of all people. Just, uh, you know what I mean? Something has to give in terms of you can't have have the best of everything you can't be out and mm. till all hours of the night and then get up and expect to train well the next day so you learn at an early stage that if you want to succeed you have to probably be obsessed with it and you have to really enjoy it and you have to make sacrifices and I think the teams I was in too I was lucky in that there was other people that were of similar mindset so it was quite an easy and hugely rewarding um, I suppose journey with the Munster and Irish team and Lions teams because mm. You know, when you see the ball going over, as you do in Wales, in a in a drop goal, uh, 
in a Grand Slam game. Yeah, that's worth everything. You know what I mean. So there's no problem staying in on Saturday and Sunday nights when, when you get that kind of a return. But it's, it's um, it's the kind of you have to build it up. And as a young player, you know what I mean. You have to enjoy it too, and you have to get over. But then as you go along, you have to understand that the body isn't uh, capable of doing what it was able to do as a 21 year old. So mm. you just, but nowadays it's become so advanced that every I suppose facet of, of the game is looked after by really good people yeah, so yeah. it becomes uh, not like a science but nearly like a science but you've got to remember that these guys aren't robots and they'll make mistakes as well but they'll have to enjoy it Pat yeah yeah does like just from being there like in New Zealand and just know it's that kind of um, it's just everyday conversation you know where we talk about the weather yeah. we talk about rugby is is is, does Munster prepare you for being over at Crusaders? Yeah, Munster was was a great club when I was there, an absolutely fantastic club of great mm. people. And I couldn't speak more highly of the Crusaders too. A lot of people would think that they're all blacks and they're they're superstars. They're not. Mm. They they play like superstars because they're very good players at times, if you understand me. But yeah, like yeah. they're very they go, you know what I mean, and are very normal, very humble. You know what I mean? Enjoy a few pints now and then. Go for coffees, simple things. Yeah. But like, they're very warm people, and they've I connect with them, and it's a great kind of club to be in. What's the um, when you get there first? Because you went over to start, didn't you? Maybe ahead at the advance party, ahead of the family scouting out places maybe to stay. But were you brought out? Like, was there like I think they have hangies over there? Some of the locals bring you over for a bit of food, or yeah, it was. It was obviously. Uh, just a coach coming into new management teams, but you are welcome. But at the same time, it's it's you have to prove your worth, like mm. in any place. So yeah. uh, you have to go in, and um, you know what I mean. You don't know what the players are going to make you. That's the reality yeah. because <laughs> it happens with every coach that mm. they come in, and there's a bit of a sussing out period, and they look at you, and you wonder what you're what you're up to, or mm. what's your message, are you clearing your message. Um, are you consistent with your message and what kind of rugby sessions are you going to be doing with us so because I mean I was a player too the yeah. players expect a lot and, and demand a lot and rightly so so you have to be keep them on their toes and you have to keep them interested and keep them stimulated and you have to keep them um, really on their game and that's that's a challenge with 17 players but it's a great challenge to have it's a great I suppose privileged to have. Yeah, yeah. It's like, are they guys that kind of look after themselves a lot? You like, you know, you walk into a squad and they're full of all blacks as well. Like, they? Yeah, but that's, that that means nothing to them. Probably, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah. You know what I mean? I was in Racing and there was a lot of lions in the squad, mm. but these fellas have the exact same insecurities as any human being walking down the street. Mm. So if they're not playing well, they're not going to be feeling well, and they're not going to be a good person. But the trick is to try and get them. To perform as best and as consistently they can, but it it doesn't work as easy as that because the opposition have all their goals to try and mess us up, and now with the Crusaders, it's you know I mean champions two years in a row, so this year is going to be even more difficult. Mm. But that's that's the position you want to be in. Now you want to be the guy or the team that that they're trying to knock off. And and I actually thought from looking at maybe like I wouldn't have seen every game over there, but you you kind of watch a couple of the games like if you catch them in the mornings and definitely the knockout stages. But it looked a little bit more comfortable for the Crusaders this year. Is that just because they're confident in themselves? Or possibly, yeah. I think that's uh, yeah. yeah. That's what belief gives you. That's what confidence mm. gives you. That's what people inform. They kind of embrace the challenge and yeah. they, they they you know what I mean pressure is a privilege. They kind of realise they're in a in a, in a in a position so many other players would want to be in and they kind of feel very comfortable in their skin and, and, and hopefully that's from preparation. But, like, you got to prepare really well to give you that and I think the Crusaders do that. And But you need to continue to do that. You can lose that momentum when a week yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden you have to start from scratch again. So it's a fine balancing act between confidence, overconfidence, uh, being ready for a battle and then also knowing that when is the war? There's actually a, even now, like that that pressure stuff at the end, and with yourself, the, and, and as you said, and for win the Grand Slam, and Johnny back in France as well. I think the All Blacks got kind of nailed with that when they lost against the Springboks. They didn't have the drop goal at the mm. end. Is, again, is that is that spoken about? If you would you have been in New Zealand at the time when that's happening? And is, is it in the media? Are they getting slammed for not going for drop uh, goals? Again? I think they were after that game. I think probably rightly so in this yeah. regard because they had a number of opportunities. It wasn't just one opportunity. I think you look mm. at the end game for them. And they had uh, Borden Barrett and McKenzie. And 
you would have thought in a game of that magnitude that three points is the same as seven points, but it's a, it's a measure of, I suppose, Bod and Barrett's mindset and the fact that I think with his capacity to beat defenders on his home pitch, he thought we can... We, yeah. We, yeah, and Mackenzie got hit ball and all and lost the ball. Um, but I would say after that, there was probably a discussion saying that we we need to just win the game no matter what. Mm. Sometimes just take the take the drop goal option, but... You know, it's just part, it's not like everyone has a bit of a weakness. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy to say that about you know what I mean, an incredible player and world player of the year two times in a row, potentially the next world player of the year again. You don't know, but like that's it. Just shows you know that um, there are there are there's hope for everyone really in the yeah. fact that <laughs> no one has everything in the game. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, because like the way you defend, then if you know Barrett's not going to go for a drop goal. You defend in a whole different way. No one has to rush the line or anything. Mm. You just focus on your man as well. So yeah, I'd say he, with him though, if you don't rush, he'll take <laughs> Do it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. But it, it's interesting what you say. You know what I mean? It's he's into. I think he's nearly at seventy caps. Is seventy he? caps. I was only looking at it there earlier. Yeah, he's uh, one sixty-three okay. out of seventy games. Ninety-one point five percent win percentage. So yeah. maybe he he's just so used to winning, isn't he? Well, it's the yeah. same himself from Sam Whitelock. Yeah, yeah. Sam Whitelock, who I think is over 100 caps now, and he was in the mid 90s for success. Yeah, yeah. You know, so to kind of play like that, it's yeah. easy for us to criticise <laughs> on the coach, isn't it? No, yeah. <laughs> These, um, I suppose you're, there's a guy, and, and people are talking about can they fit the two of them in the same team, especially when you have Mackenzie as well. But um, can you fit Barrett and, and Richie Moanga in the same side as well? Do you think that's kind of possible? Well, it's featuring re- recently. Mm, I think yeah. uh, people this side of the world probably have only seen. Moanga for a season or two, and he had a big day out against um, South Africa when he, you know, I mean, kicked the winning mm. conversion, but also had the balls to go for a massive touch finder, one bounce. He granted he got a great bounce, but yeah. at the same time he still went for it. Um, I don't know. I think um, what you just not, you know, I mean, Bon Mar is just such a good rugby player. You have to have him on the pitch. Yeah, you know yeah. he's just so deadly and broken field play and his acceleration, his capacity to beat defenders is like no other player. Uh, and then, um, you know, I mean, I think Richie is a lot, uh, probably more structured ten. Yeah, yeah. But hugely exciting and hugely mm-hmm. powerful, and uh, good kicker as well, and um, offers an awful lot. Very exciting. I think his game is only going to grow and grow, and he's going to get better and better. And, um, you know. He's he's a great guy to coach. Is there? I suppose looking ahead to that Ireland game, um, is it the, the likes of Barrett? Is it, is it your usual suspects that Ireland have to look out for? You know, like your if Ritalik's in there, the kind of the ball playing locks. The yeah, kind of that's crazy when you look at some of the highlight reels. He's up for try of the year, you know. And yeah, you look yeah. At the start of the clip, he's turning over the ball, and at the end of the clip, he's throwing a dummy and scoring. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so the guy is a massive engine and he's a great player. Uh, but sure so is his partner, Sam Whitelock. I think with their quality, it's the same as Ireland, though. I think nowadays it's kind of gone... Um, you know I mean? There's, there's a, it's he, our team is probably weakened if, if a few guys aren't playing. But if yeah. they're all playing, who do you look out for? Because, like, there's, there's strikers all over the pitch. That's the way it's gone. You yeah. know, I think you have to have that strong core but also know you need the kind of outside your leaders you need the other guys to be you know what I mean 90% as good of as the guys that are your key leaders yeah yeah the, the thing I'd probably like to finish up on then was just that I suppose it'd be great to, if we could beat them in Ireland of course you know like the, what that would mean but back in 2016 when we when we did get there and we eventually beat them there's a famous picture of Paulie with Doug Howlett mm. giving it socks up in the crowd like but where were you for that game? Did, did, did you watch it at home, or were you like? Can you no, remember? Oh, I was in Racing. were playing. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was in the change room with with uh, the players. I think there's a good photo of myself and Dan Carter. I think I I had a bit of a slagging match with him because they were under big pressure too in terms of like no one wanted to be on the first team that lost yeah. Ireland. Yeah, you know, but that's been done now. But as you say, um, it will be a really close game. I think you know. Yeah. Uh, and it also depends too Pat on, on weather you know if it's going to be a really greasy ball you have to play the conditions in yeah. that regard if it's a good drive the Aviva is going to be a hard good surface but if there's dew on the pitch it's going to be late at night too I think we've never had a late kick off like yeah, this yeah. 
so I'd say the atmosphere will be incredible. Um, but you know, I think um, the New Zealand boys will be excited because the atmosphere will be like nothing else. I would say. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. And listen, yeah. hopefully we can we can get over. Yeah, there. I think so. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very very tight. You know, I think Ireland uh, have a good chance. But it's the great thing about um, you know New Zealand is you just have to admire their standard bears and they they know how to play. And I think they're very good role models as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, cheers, Rod. Cheers, cheers for coming in and joining us here in the couch. Thank you. All right. I'll cheers. Well, always great to hear from Rog. Uh, before we crack on, I want to ask you a couple of questions, actually, about how you think he's going in his coaching career. Just a couple of bits of housekeeping for you. Um, the Answer Ireland's Cool campaign celebrates the camaraderie between rugby fans by giving them a voice and rallying them to get behind the Irish team. And to encourage fans to get involved, Guinness is giving away a number of pairs of tickets to each fixture, including the massive All Blacks game at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday evening. Uh, if you want to get involved, fans should go to the Guinness Facebook page and leave their message of support using the hashtag Tag answer Ireland's call to be in with a chance to win tickets to the Guinness series. And it says in asterisks, terms and conditions, of course, apply. When do they ever not? Um, I do want to ask you about Rog, though, and uh, just about the fact that, I mean, certainly in England, the coaches are not encouraged to go overseas. And you look at the fact he's been to Racing and then very boldly gone down to the Crusaders as well. I'd, I'd love to know your view on how he is building his coaching career and the fact he's picking up so much IP from other parts of the world. Yes, well, there's, there's, there's two ways to do it. There's Leo Cullen, uh, stay in Leinster and get a bit of support from, from outside and kind of learn your trade that way. And he's thriving doing it that way. Mm. Then Rog is doing it the complete opposite. Um, maybe like a like a dentist that finishes practice and then goes somewhere else to make mistakes yeah. but he's not making any mistakes so he's he's, wasting, his home all, patch. he's wasting all his good work elsewhere yeah. when he, he would probably like to be doing that with Munster but um, I'd say I'd say he probably just thought you know I, how do I become the best coach I can possibly be go to Racing play with the best players around then go to New Zealand and play with even better players Yeah. so I, I, I just I wonder how the conversation went with him and Jess you know with five kids what say <laughs> you, me and the five kids flights alone are getting <laughs> sort of half his, his fee out there yeah. I thought yeah but I, I wonder I mean is Raj as, as well thought of across the water in England as he is in Ireland hugely and in fact interestingly um, when Paul Gustard left England to go and take over at Harlequins Stuart Barnes wrote an article saying that if, if Eddie Jones was looking for someone to come into his backroom team to bring real intellect that Ronan O'Gara would be that man yeah um I, I think he's hugely well thought of yeah. yeah I mean and there's a sort of very much on on the other side of the, of the RSC there's a real mystique around Munster and he was so much of a a part of that obviously that it wouldn't surprise me if if an English club came calling for him at some point as well yeah. and he got the chance to do France New Zealand and potentially a sort of a role within an English club. So he's hugely, hugely well regarded. Yeah. He, he he wins people over. Anybody who spends time with him, he kind of he just wins them over. He, he yeah. everybody loves him. Everybody loves spending time with him. He's a popular guy. He's smart. He's switched on, and he's happy to to, to tell people they're wrong as well. So he's, he he kind of backs himself. I think he's. I, I mean, as as growing up as an as a David Humphreys fan. Yeah. I'm not saying I converted right. But I equally, <laughs> and that is saying something. I'm proud both. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, a lot of Ulster guys would spend time with the Monster guys. There's always a Monster Ulster kind of affinity, especially when Leinster in the driving seat. Right, we just kind of just get together and slag them. Yeah, you in know? the back seat. I like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, backseat yeah. driving. Exactly. But um, yeah, I think um, Raj is unbelievably well thought of, and um, it's just be so interesting to see. He hinted at it actually when Barry interviewed him a few weeks ago. He hinted um, at some sort of connection with Munster again. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Watch the space. Um, interesting as well, he's talking about the sort of psychology of, of rugby down in New Zealand. You mentioned obviously the 2013 loss at the Aviva to the All Blacks, Ryan Crotty, which is a, it's a bit like saying Macbeth, I imagine, in these parts. <laughs> you can't mention the name. But there was also the game in 2012, the, the wobbly last gasp, Dan Carter drop goal. Um, the game off the back of Chicago back in Dublin as well was a game that could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. I just wonder... Talk, talking about that sort of mentality, how Ireland get themselves into a position this week where they go into the game saying, we will win, not if it goes right, we might win. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the sort of slight psychological difference of that extra 10% of belief. Is that something they will work on, discuss, or is it is it just not really a tangible part of rugby these days? Yeah, I think um, uh, James Lowe touched on this a little bit, actually. He talked about the... The, the big difference between New Zealand and Ireland, I don't know if he's talking about between Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere in general, yeah. or just the cultural difference whenever he moved across to Leinster, um, was the the kind of 
the importance of the mental skill and the the mental capacity to cope with um, difficulties or drop balls or stuff in games, like difficult times in games. Yeah. Uh, and that he's, he said in, in New Zealand they would spend as much time um, training that training that mental capacity as much as they would kind of physically training in the gym on the pitch yeah. and that, I think that's an interesting Was that what you had in your career? I mean did you have triggers or, or things that you would do during a game mm-hmm. to get you right into the moment? Yeah I did um, I had I, I was I very much th- my first touch <laughs> maybe this is a reflection of how mentally weak I was <laughs> oh come on <laughs> my first touch generally kind of dictated what way the game was going to go for me really yeah if I had a positive first touch I was off and I was going well and I could cope with anything and then if, if it didn't go so well then I would almost you'd almost try and make up for that a little yeah. bit uh, and again just being in a Schmidt environment um, where everything's pragmatic and everything's the approach is um, if I practice this I'll get better at that I'll be able to ex- execute that and the next next play is the most important play so get back on track so that helped me cope with that a little bit um, and I think a lot of what you can see that within the mindset um, certainly we had that mindset in Chicago a couple of years ago when we were successful yeah. um, but that's that's really tough to get that because you have to you really do have to train that you have to trick yourself into being next play right be positive even though you're just feeling like oh that mistake is yeah. dragging me down it's a bit of a stain on my performance today. Yeah, you did play in that game in Chicago, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I'm getting into you. all the notes I, I sent actually, through this week. Were you in, in bold saying, "Tell us about the time that you played honestly, in Chicago"? I, we've talked about it so much, yeah. and I'm, I think people are really rolling their eyes. They're fed up listening to me. Not often anyone beats the All Blacks <laughs> in this poll, but I would cling on to it if I were you. Okay, still to come, we'll look ahead to that massive All Blacks game in our House of Rugby roundup. But first of all, if you haven't already clicked subscribe uh, to the podcast or via the YouTube channel, please do it now. There's a very special House of Rugby bonus episode on the way tomorrow. And Trimby, you have been brokering important peace deals. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Yeah, the Good Friday. Yeah, um, keep it light. Yeah, he, um, yeah so I, I got a call there on um, Wednesday of last week and then it was um, a producer here and he goes, uh, Trimby, listen, I've got something for you here. Umanga and O'Driscoll are um, coming in on Friday. Do you want to come in and interview them? I went, absolutely, yes. That sounds brilliant. So um, that, this is my first interview, Alex. How, how did it go? It, I mean, we won't talk about the content because we're going we're gonna to save the big story for uh, obviously the bonus episode. But yeah. as, as an experience for you, rocketing as a journalist, I mean, that is in at the deep end to say the least. I'm Adam and I'm still one of the boys. So I'm not oh, a okay. Yeah. yeah, you're being moved out, moved out slowly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was brilliant. It really was. It was a great experience. Obviously, that's a fairly unique one as well get yeah. a chance to to chat to those two fellas and then um how did you find it interviewing bod who've obviously you've um you've lined up alongside and, and had so many great days as a yeah. player with it was a nice contrast because i know brian well so yeah. we'd be able to have a bit of chat a bit of and i haven't seen him in a while as well so again uh, i've i find since i've retired that whenever you bump into guys you used to play with yeah. it's very nostalgic and it's very like oh do you remember back in the day really? you sharing stories so there's a bit of that and a bit of a good bit of crack actually and a good uh few memories kind of being recounted and then Tana I was just so interested to find out um, about his perspective on things and just what he thinks about things and what he thinks about Ireland I suppose um, looking forward to the game this weekend but he was such a presence he was a f- like physically obviously a presence but even more than that um, earlier on in the day one of the guys the media guys came in and told us a story about how a girl was like taking a taking a picture of him from, from the corner you know and not one of those ones that he knows is going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she wasn't even a rugby supporter. She didn't even know who he was, but really? she knew there was a, there's a presence about this guy. He must be famous. So wow. yeah, so she's like um, uh, texting her her boyfriend, asking who's this guy. <laughs> and, and lo and behold, it was the great Tana. Um, yeah. I know this is very very juicy. We won't spoil too much more of it. We'll um, we'll obviously let that be released in due course. Um, but well done. That is very much into the mm-hmm. lion's den. Um, and of course, if that wasn't enough bonus content, we've got our first ever Baz and Andrews House of Rugby live. Uh, this Wednesday at the Guinness Open Gate Brewery. Comrade Smith, James Lowe, Trimby, you're also getting very involved in that. Lots more to come on that as well. And the whole show will be live on Joe's Facebook page and Twitter uh, account from 8 o'clock this Wednesday. So don't miss that. And we are back after this. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Uh, well, that was nice and quick. We've played musical chairs in the intervening moments and we're joined on the couch by Sports Joe's Pat McCarry. Good to see you. How are hey. you? Good, thanks. Yeah. Good. We've got a few bits and bobs to talk about. Some of the rugby stories that perhaps we might have missed. Um, we sort of lightly brushed onto the to the line-out problems, but you were there on, on Saturday and I think Rory Best went into a bit more detail about some of the issues. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We asked him about it um, afterwards because it's... 
having seen what Brodie Retallick did to the English line out in the mm. especially in the second half of the game in Twickenham, um, the big worry then is is the line out and you need that as a kind of platform to go well. So Rory Best was asked about that and, and he spoke a little bit about it after the game. I think we can hear it now. Yeah, I think when we saw their team and uh, they picked three second rows and kind of felt that they were going to target that and they were moving around and, and guessing a wee bit and, and when a team does that sometimes you know, with your process they guess right um, there's a few that, that they guessed and a wee bit obviously disappointed with that um, having said that then we, we got ourselves back together again and, and won a few um, won a few scrappily and sometimes you just have to get the ball back um, but I think we'll be, we'll be better for, for tonight you know just a little bit of that cohesion in, in the line-out. So Rory Best obviously saying that they hope to be a little bit better against the All Blacks, and they will need to be, as you've mentioned already, given yeah. what the, uh, the All Black line-out did to England. With that in mind, what combination would you go with in the second row for Ireland? For me, uh, he's a guy, I think they were trying to see if they could cope without him, and they couldn't at the weekend, Devon Toner. So I'd bring Devon Toner back in. Um, things just got so much better when he, when he came in. It was just an even disrupted the Argentinian line-out. I think uh, Peter O'Mahony got a steal because he didn't want to throw to the back. Yeah. That's where Toner was. So I would bring Toner back in and uh, I'd, I'd pair him with James Ryan, which is kind of bad news for Ian Henderson, who played well around the pitch, but maybe you want this line out to work, I'd get Toner in. I don't know if you'd think the same, Andrew. Or... Yeah, there's just so much competition there at the minute. And obviously Tag Byrne, it's it's weird having, hit, having seen him go so well in Chicago. That, that he's not still in the conversation but um, again I thought Ian Henderson went really well but um, as you said you need to get that line out sorted um, Dev did really well when he came on um, th- this could change if you play the All Blacks every weekend this could change every single weekend mm. but um, this is the big one you need to get it right you said as you were walking home from the Aviva that you caught the last 10 minutes of the England game and the cheer went up <laughs> for the All Blacks. For the All Blacks, yeah. Yeah. Something's never changed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see the All Blacks get beat, but just not by England. Right, good. <laughs> I feel very welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, in terms of the, the game itself, what did you pick out from, from that, uh, that All Black win? Um, yeah, they, they, what is it? They, it was funny actually looking at the stats there from the first half because like England just absolutely tore into them at the start. And um, thought Ben Youngs was class, like, yeah. and, and his pass um, for the Ashton try at the start was was brilliant, like just cutting out a few of them as well. But the fact that they 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 conceded those scores before the first, the second or the first half ended was just so crucial, wasn't it? Like, yeah. and it maybe again, like England, they're probably the same as Ireland. They're so used to the All Blacks climbing back into games, like so. Those couple of scores before halftime really made a difference. But the the big one was. Uh, was Barrett all of a sudden pulling a, a drop goal out of nowhere? Waited seventy odd. First test, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and they'd got criticised. They didn't do it against South Africa. So uh, same as Dan Carter in the past, they've been criticised for not doing drop goals. So he's added that now. So that's more reason to worry at the weekends. And uh, as you said, Crotty came on and made a bit of a difference as well. So and the offside was fair enough, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, completely. Yeah, that was one hundred percent the right call. Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> yeah. why if, I'd love to have seen if that had been at the Aviva this Saturday and there's a oh. similar. Incident. We're not even debating it. But, but, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But it, what was interesting about that incident is how many sort of talking points it threw up because obviously the the, um, the 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 ruck law has now changed. It's now when the scrum half plays the ball, not when they've got their hands on it. And what was really interesting is that last Saturday was the first time that the TMO was meant to to go with the uh, only in, in clear and obvious circumstances to overrule the referee as yeah. opposed to give their view. And so there were a lot of sort mm. of moving parts to it. I don't dispute England were lucky to beat South Africa and possibly unlucky to lose New Zealand. There's all swings and roundabouts. But just just on that, the sort of the debating points, are you, uh, are you enjoying the fact that at the moment, you know, the Farrell tackle from the weekend before, there are so many talking points in the game right now. Is that a good thing the, or is it a bit of a cloud? The clear and obvious thing. Um, it seems strange to, to allow the team to come in if it's clear and obvious, but... If it's if it's just a little bit clear, yeah. not that clear, but that's what you think. Don't come in. Yeah. So wh- where's the where's the line where right. you make a decision on it? Um, Nigel Owens in the Ulster Racing game in Paris said, I think the TMO or he looked at the video and he saw something, and I forget the, technically exactly what it was or where he's allowed to come in. And he said, "Fellas, I'm going to make the right rugby decision here." Yeah. And he and again Nigel Owens. How many times? Every time he refs, someone says sensible decision. Yeah, you know, exactly. he uses a bit of common sense. Yeah. And there, I think it was a good example of it. And to be fair, the decision was right, but maybe as you said, it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't shouldn't have left to that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. You could debate it all day, but 
I think probably the outcome's correct. What will Joe Schmidt have taken from England's performance that perhaps might be of use? Yeah, um, I suppose it is like the, the fact that they were able to get down the outside of them was, was kind of interesting as well. And the fact that you have the likes of Earls and Stockdale then give them a one-on-one with somebody and maybe there is kind of because like Rico like um, Aone is kind of like a great attacking player but that's a weakness in defence for them as well so mm. maybe that's something that could be targeted and then if something Schmidt spoke about after the game I know Jordan Larmer didn't have the greatest of games under the high ball but the fact that England targeted Damian McKenzie as well under the high ball so expect a few Johnny Sexton to stick some up into the sky at the weekend and if McKenzie's full back they're going to come after him I'd say yeah. Do you think the All Blacks will be better for having been put through the ringer against England or do you think England have, have taken something out of them which will give Ireland an advantage no I think they've got a, a bit of a wake up call yeah um, not worry. yeah not yeah exactly I don't I don't think Ireland will be better off after that I think if it had been just really plain sailing New Zealand just get into third gear and uh, and just put them away out of sight then I think that would look handy for Ireland this yeah. weekend but uh, they're not reactionary either, but they're a side that if they feel like they've underperformed, they get a little bit of heat from, from home, from the press, from their coaches. And I think then that brings out the best version of New Zealand, which is slightly om- ominous for Ireland, but not as ominous as it might have been. Yeah, Just give us a sense of, of what it will be like in the Ireland camp this week. You've been there, you've done it, as we know, against the All Blacks. Is, do they try very hard to keep it like any other week or because it's New Zealand at home? Is there something just a little bit extra in the waters? I think there's probably um, less effort needed to make it unique or make um, every session kind of stand out or there to be a vocal point of the week because um, uh, Tommy Bow interviewed uh, Joe Schmidt um, last weekend in the run-up to the early game. And uh, Joe said, you know, we've got this game, that game. And he he was kind of... Kind of setting the setting the scene for a few of the games, and uh, he was saying, you know, Italy obviously and Argentina is unique. There's memories, and the Argentina played well in bits against the All Blacks, and then he says, and the All Blacks are the All Blacks. Full you stop. Know, full stop. There's yeah. no need to go in and any more detailed description. Oh, you know, the All Blacks are good because of you know because of this, that, the other. They're the they're the good because everybody knows the All Blacks are the best team in the world. That's it. I think the boys would be very very excited about that um, that challenge. And just in and around, I mean, how, what is the sense of anticipation in the rugby community around here about this one? Oh, it's huge. Because it's yeah. one and two in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, and Hansen came over. I love the All Blacks are kind of a little bit different. They know that they're a brand as well. And they take him over and the minute they get off the plane, Hansen's doing a press conference as well. You know, you wouldn't really see Ireland do something like that. They're a little bit more guarded. But Hansen came over and teed it up perfectly for the week. He said, this is number one and two in the world. Whoever wins this is the best in the world. So as if we weren't is excited. Is it quite surreal to be saying that around an Ireland team? I mean, it, yeah. Ireland <laughs> weird, are yeah. not comfortable being uh, uh, mm. ever favourite. I remember doing a Munster game last season, I think. And I can't remember who they were playing, but they were 40 to one on favourites. And the headline in the, in the local paper still said, underdogs monster looking to sort of overturn the odds kind of thing. Yeah. It's very natural to adopt the sort of the, the underdog tag here. I, I wonder how that sort of the prestige of moving up towards the top of the world is sitting. I, I, I think it just sits better with Ireland. Uh, the Ireland players maybe just feeling a little bit less pressure by just talking up opposition. I think Johnny Sexton kind of summed it up in the run up to the Wasps game. Uh, when they won, mm. what was it, 50, 55 dollars yeah. put 50 points on them. But in the run-up to that, <coughs> he said something like, last time Wasps were in town, they beat us by 30 points or 20 points or whatever. And then some, most people, anybody who's sensible sort of goes, come on, Johnny, yeah. come on, you're playing Wasps here, you're, you're the best team in Europe, you're, you're unbeatable here. Um, but then every night, a couple of people sort of go, oh, maybe there is a chance Wasps can beat them or maybe there is a chance, you know, that Ireland can't, can't cope. But this is an Ireland side that perform routinely a couple of slip ups a little bit a little bit rusty the weekend but I think we'll get back seeing this team perform unbelievably well and I just think they'll set that so they'll set that scene this is the All Blacks this is the world number one but what they won't talk about as much is that they're world number two yeah our good friend Mike Tyndall had a bit to say. I know you got into that with the. With the um, we got carried away. Yeah, yeah, a we, little we bit. We definitely Hands got carried away. Hands up. <coughs> Poor Tins. We'll give him a chance. We needed you to be here to balance us up a little no, bit. I'm not sure I can do much of that. But the, what, what he, the point he did make, which is very interesting, is if you give an Ireland side something to play for, and obviously you had that in Chicago with the figure of eight and for, for Axel, and any time there's a chance to spoil an English party, Ireland's performance levels go through the roof. I just wonder what the trigger will be this weekend. Is there anything they can use? beyond just being New Zealand, that just puts a little bit extra into their performance? Yeah, um, I, I don't think there is much more to it than... It's than just that, it's I New think Zealand. it's just the All Blacks, yeah. And I think um, 
hopefully I'd like to think gone are the days whenever Ireland just get excited about ruining things for England it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point <laughs> and that's a fairly unhealthy way to look at it yeah it? mighty effective we've right? been thriving off that for yeah, a while tell me about it um, but I think it'd be nice for us just to kick on instead of Drag, dragging other teams yeah. down let's actually look to be um, top of the pile that's a very good response okay um, should we get to some of the questions that we've had in this week using hashtag ask HOR mm. we've put out some uh, some requests for questions via Twitter uh, and we've got a few interesting ones some of the cleaner ones that have come in the first one from <laughs> Colin um, we've touched on a little bit who would you select in the second row and also at number eight this weekend who would you go with yeah I, I kind of got this in last night I thought that was an interesting one yeah maybe we've covered the second row so um, we're okay with that but that. But the, the number eight is an interesting one because I was saying, I was at the game, I thought CJ Stander had a decent game. Um, I think I gave him an eight out of ten in the ratings and then I got a bit of grief for giving him an eight out of ten. And, and then also Because that was high or low? Too high, yeah. Oh, wow. And then a lot of people are saying, talking about who should start at the weekend. I would have thought Stander's nailed on for me. Like, so it's interesting to see that there's some people out there who are not happy with his game at the moment. So um, like to me, I, there's, there's been no, in the last few games for Ireland, no big kind of... 30 meter line break or a big crazy offload or something like that so maybe it's something people are expecting that from a little bit but I'd go standard all the way not for Conan no no as good as Conan is and we've, yeah. we've talked about him before but for me standard yeah, yeah Conan, Conan was brilliant in Chicago but I think standard's been brilliant for Ireland at that, that top level and he's been performing and I think there's a level of trust Joe knows what he's going to get out of him and I think that's typically good execution good performance I think you go with Stander. Okay. Question two from Peter. Who will start at fullback against the All Blacks if Rob Carney doesn't play? And we've touched on it, but... And you also picked up, you know, Jordan Lama, perhaps mm. not having his finest game under the high ball. We know what he can do going forwards. Would you go Lama again? Or would you... You could go Lama. You could go Will Addison. Yeah. <laughs> or you could go um, Andrew Conway. Yes. I think it's one of those three. Um, mm. And I you think would go with? <laughs> I'm... I'm going to go with Will Addison. Will you? <laughs> Actually, yeah. If, if Gary... Uh, no. So what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, the last few weeks, we've been Will Addison this, that, <laughs> yeah, the other, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah. So you'd nice. go with... And what would your centre combination be then? My, um, and is Ringrose fit? Yeah, he's, he's looking he, close he, to it, he, he? said. He, I think Joe was saying he's going to train... They expect him to f- train fully now at the start of the week. So. Well, Henshaw could be fit as well, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So I think... If whatever one of those two's fit, you go with Bundy and and that other one. Okay. And then Addison at fullback. And Lama on the bench to wreak havoc in the yeah. final quarter. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Uh, and Donal, question three, says, are players told specifically not to show the full hand in terms of set plays and patterns when you play the likes of Italy and Argentina ahead of a team like New Zealand? If so, how difficult is that? And if the performance leads to some criticism, how annoying is it? Do you, do you ever go into games sort of chucking away your aces and your kings and your, your queens and jacks and just playing with 1 to 10? Not really, um, because there's some plays that, that, that Joe brings in that um, you could watch that um, 10 times. You could watch yeah. Ireland execute that and you think, right, OK, we'll try and do this, that, the other. And um, they're under, they're undefendable. If everybody does what they're supposed to do, yeah. the play is undefendable. And what we used to say when we were playing Leinster, again, a big uh, Schmidt stamp there, if you're being, like, taken out long in the rock or you're being just held back or bumped or if you think they're up to something they yeah. are and uh, whatever play you've seen in the week before it's likely they'll get into the meeting and they'll say listen we did this option off that why don't we do this option instead Right. and I think just doing your research and doing your video analysis can almost trick you into anticipating what you saw the previous week Right. and that's what they want you to know <laughs> that's okay. what they want the you to say the double bluff exactly yeah so I think there's a lot of that going on I think they can set up a couple of things one week that they use to exploit the next week. He is the master, though, of the setup, Joe Schmidt. Do you mm. think he will have something up his sleeve this week that we haven't perhaps seen? Yeah, he loves. Uh, yeah, he loves kind of. He'll have targeted something, and, and even actually, we had Jenny Murphy in last week, and yeah. she was just talking about how encyclopedic his mind is, and how he's he's eight, nine phases ahead of everybody else. So he'll have spotted something, I'm sure, in the last couple of games. Maybe even the rugby championship. Maybe even in game one of the rugby championship, where there's a weakness somewhere. So he'll he'll have something planned for them. Um, but excited, I expect the ball to be up in the air a good bit as well and because and, he was almost talking Jacob Stockdale up at the end of the game talked about how high he got up and yeah. hopefully that gives him confidence to do it a bit more so expect the, the ball to go up in the yeah, air Yeah, he good talked bit about how uh, Argentina went up with one hand mm. as a winger when if, if if I was receiving a kick, a high ball, and someone went up with one hand I just I, I feel like they're cheating, right? Because I can't catch it now because I can't get up. Joe called it the cradle. I can't yeah. get up there with my, my elbows. 
because he's going to get higher with his hand, but he can't catch it with one hand. So if he's going to ruin his chances, he's also ruining mine, so no one's going to catch it. <laughs> uh, but Jacob is one of the guys who he's so powerful, he's so lean and tall and kind of rangy that he can get in the air and he can compete really well. I think mm. he'll be a real strength for Ireland yeah. if that kind of bombardment, that aerial bombardment comes our way. Yeah. Do we know what the weather's going to do, Viviva? Um, no, is it does it matter? I mean, in England, it, it certainly helped England mm, in terms of the arm yeah. wrestle. I just wonder whether Ireland will want it dry or... I think they would, yeah. I think they would want to try, yeah, to kind of... They'll have stuff in, in, in their mind that they want as well. And it was a funny one. I think somebody asked Kieran Marmion at the weekend. Myself and Andrew were, were listening to it and they were saying... Um, the All Blacks, you know, would, would they be ready for rain? Like, and it's like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, it, think it rains down there every so often. There, yeah. at nine months of the year. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think from a spectacle point of view, I know it looked class at the weekend in England, but I, thought, I hope it stays dry anyway. Come on, then the soothsayer. Let's what am I going to predict yeah, with the weather? Yeah, prediction. No, not the weather. <laughs> I'd like a score. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to be very patriotic and right. uh, go with Ireland by. A point. <laughs> really? Yeah. Would you take along with that? Yeah, I'll, ho- I'll happily, I'll happily go along. I think th- this is a good chance to do it. Um, and the All Blacks haven't looked amazing as well. Like, um, you know, but they don't have to look amazing to win games. But um, I think this could be the first one we get win at home uh, against them. Do you actually believe that I'm kind of just going along with it? I'm kind of getting. I'm, I'm happy. You're being get, sucked into the hype. I'm happy to be carried away. I'm enjoying being carried away. It's fun to dream. Isn't this it? is always, on a Monday. I'm always very confident. It's always when I get to Saturday, then I'll just completely bottle it and yeah. then just kind of just put out a tweet before the game, going, "They're going to lose this," just to kind of <laughs> yeah. cover myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to do that very English thing and say, "I hope Ireland win," which is in stark contrast to everyone that was celebrating in your pub <laughs> on the back of Saturday's result. Hopefully. Uh, we've, we've enjoyed the tango enough to come b- for me to come back next week I, th- I think it would be great to have you back that's you've done enough you've done enough that's very back. kind work experience pays off um, <laughs> listen it's been really good fun enjoyed it enormously thank you very much to D as well no, to Pat thank you very much indeed to everyone as well for all your comments your questions for listening and for watching uh, us on YouTube too if you are enjoying the show one more quick reminder please do subscribe and leave, leave us a, a generous comment as well all appreciated a big thank you to everyone who's been involved in making the show this week this has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe together with our friends at Guinness enjoy the game on Saturday and we'll debrief early next week. Bye for now. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.